0: Hey, hey everybody, Kevin here with Pursuing Pixels, and welcome to another edition of Save It for the Cast. And as always, we're going to be getting over to the video game chit-chat and whatnot in uh, just a few minutes here. Um, John and I are going to be the only two on uh, this week's episode. Uh, Randall unfortunately wasn't able to join us for this session, but uh, because of that, we kind of like ended up digging into some of John's initial thoughts on uh, Triangle Strategy. I know we've heard some of his thoughts on the numbered proper episodes and whatever, but this was kind of like, we were like, you know what, Randall's a bigger JRPG fan and there might be more to like bounce around and discuss about this game but because we decided to table it we ended up uh, you know inevitably getting into a little bit of a discussion about it and even just in general about some of the new like Squaresoft JRPGs that they've been putting out or at least you know this one and Octopath Traveler and then even Live Alive a little bit we just touch on it briefly but just seeing Square put out like these new IPs and with this new like HD pixel 3d format that they got going on i'm just i'm pretty excited to see what they end up doing or if they end up doing more with this like structure this new engine whatever you want to call it i know john's obviously more excited uh than i am and probably randall as well being that they're you know bigger rpg fans whether it's dragon quest or whatever but that's sort of what we get into a little bit john's like it's just kind of exciting to see uh some of these new games coming out where it isn't like Final Fantasy spin-off series or whatever. So very cool to see. And again, we'll get into some of that discussion amongst other things in uh, just a few minutes here. But you know, I got to kick things off with some of the things that I've been playing lately. And uh, I unfortunately didn't get to do as many streams as I hope to. But I did do one uh, nice, long, chunky stream of uh, checking out some of the entries from the Game Maker's Toolkit Game Jam this year that just wrapped up uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I will be talking about actually quite a few of those entries from a bunch of our pals on uh, an upcoming episode that we already recorded, which will actually be with just John and I as well. Randall's been uh, a pretty busy guy lately. But I did save uh, one of those games uh, for the discussion, or I said kept one of those in my back pocket because it's a game from uh, the folks over at Team Bugulon, and I know I've talked about some of their games on the podcast before. I know I've definitely talked about Tailspin, which was made for the Ludum Dar Game Jam uh, a couple years back, which was just an awesome precision puzzle platformer, and what really blows me away with... Uh, What the folks over at Team Bugulon can do is not only how much like polish, like just how amazing their games are in general, but that they're able to do this not only in the 48 hour time limit, but they also I don't think every person works on every single game, but they have a team of 16 people or at least up to 16 people. So just being able to even coordinate what you want to work on in that amount of time, I mean, they just got to be amazing at like divvying up okay you're responsible for this you're responsible for that Um, but they just have such an amazing team over there and I will say that the game that they uh, uh, entered into the game jam the game makers toolkit game jam it's called Pip Flip Paradise is probably one of my least favorite of theirs that's not to say that I don't really enjoy it but I will say that it kind of feels like they maybe tried the theme for the game jam was uh, roll the dice, which at least in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure I get into this on the uh, regular episode with John that'll be out in a few weeks that to me, it just felt like a little uninspired or maybe even a little too like restricting on the theme. Like I feel like you could have just had it maybe be like randomness or something, or it just felt like in my head, I was like, oh, we're bound to just see a bunch of puzzly turn based dice games. But it was really cool to see some more creative or action he takes on the The theme or whatever. And I think that's kind of what the folks at team buggy lawn were trying to do here. You got like a single screen uh, arcade puzzle platformer, essentially. And there's like essentially different panels on the ground that you are tiles that you have to walk on. And then as you walk on them, they start counting up like the faces of a, a die or a dice i never know i always it feels weird just saying die all the time but i know that is the singular term for dice <laughs> but anyways you basically walk and once you uh have flipped six tiles over then as soon as you jump it'll kind of like roll the dice if you will and there's like three different or a few different like things that those tiles might turn into so maybe they'll be permanent panels so you're safe maybe they'll be uh like panels that once you step on them, they'll disappear as soon as you jump off of them or even walk off of them. Or maybe they will be spikes or obstacles. I forget what all the different um, variety of like, but basically, yeah, they'll just be like a new obstacle or a new like, thing that you have to navigate around well there'll be enemies dropping on the screen and essentially every time you flip six tiles there'll be three bells on the screen and every time you flip six of those tiles and then jump and like activate that dice roll or whatever i know this is (laughs) i'm making this extra confusing but essentially one of those bells will activate and then once you collect all three bells you beat the stage and i think it's once again it's a game where they have like four worlds or maybe even five worlds i think sometimes their games even at like tailspin i think even had like a bonus secret world if you collected all the collectibles on all the stages. It's just absolutely mind-blowing what they're able to do. Again, this one wasn't my all-time favorite of theirs, but still it just has amazing polish on the music, uh, the pixel art, just everything about it is is top-notch stuff. And the reason I kind of wanted to bring that game up is because I actually recently took kind of a deeper dive into some of their games. And uh, I've, I've played a bunch of their games, kind of a bunch of these even briefly in the past, but I ended up finally digging deeper into a game of theirs. It's actually a, a game from just one of the developers, Saturn Yoshi, called Blaster Hazard. And they seem to be sort of like the head honcho, if you will, of the team. I, I could totally be wrong there, but it seems like they're sort of the the lead programmer, but this game was actually made for a low res jam, uh, probably a couple years back now at this point, I don't know exactly when it was made, but it's just got amazing pixel art. It's another kind of single screen. At first I thought it was just kind of like a endless shoot em up high score situation, but it's another like level based, like you're just fixed with like a single screen and it's like a, 2d side scrolling platformer i guess there's no scrolling involved but you know being that it's a fixed uh screen but you'll get all these like indicators and because it's so low res the screen is like zoomed in it feels very like game boy even more low res than game boy but you're working with like that kind of screen real estate and then you get like little indicators and all these crazy enemies are flying in from all sides of the screen um it's just got so much style the music's amazing it really has like kind of like a sega energy To it, I don't know how to explain that exactly, but a lot of their games really have like that Sega aesthetic or energy to it. I just, I really, really love it. And I actually uh, recently played through, dug a little deeper into another one of their games. This one's from the whole team over there. It's called Power Putt Legends, and think kind of Kirby's Dream Course here. It's like a top-down putt-putt mini golf kind of situation. And boy, this game is just absolutely amazing. It's got they went for like I don't know if they're going for fully authentic, like NES 8-bit aesthetics on like the chip tunes and everything. I don't think they, they are going full-blown. Like, I don't think you could run this on an NES. I could be wrong about that because it really, it feels pretty darn authentic. But yeah, it's just such a cool top-down, again, it's, it's very similar to Kirby's Dream Course, but a lot easier. Like, Kirby's Dream Course almost feels like a little bit too obtuse at times you're just like what the heck am I supposed to do where this almost feels like okay you just got to get to the end zone or it yeah it's not so much like a cup per se although it is sometimes um, I guess that's more in the tutorial where it's like an end zone like goal that you need to get to but it's just such a great game there's almost like a little like light rpg layer where you can like go into a shop and buy new abilities or buy new one-ups or buy new clubs or buy new yeah you get like kind of like magic abilities that you can uh activate as you play through the course is just such a cool game again i i just really can't gush enough about what the folks over at team Bugulon are doing uh another couple of games of theirs that i played and i'll make sure to have a link to uh their like itch.io page in general where you can find all of these games but uh another game that i played recently on a stream where i was just kind of bouncing around and checking out random indie games is called a uh, grab a Naki. and it feels kind of like a another like single screen arcade uh puzzle platformer less puzzly on this one it's more actiony although you do have to kind of like solve the levels if you will although they you know they're free form in the sense it's not like there's one solution you can definitely kind of like you're basically just running around and like picking up the tiles from beneath you and they're kind of they remind me a lot of those purple I just recently played through Super Mario World again and like those purple blocks that you can kind of pick up and they start flashing and you can like kick them around or I think Yoshi can even like eat them and spit them out. I know there's like one stage later in the game on like the star road levels where you can like pick them up from beneath you and you can even like pick up enough of them and actually fall off the bottom of the screen. And that's sort of how this grab a game works. Like every stage has a limited number of those panels uh, or bricks or whatever, and you can pick those up from beneath you and you can pick them up and chuck them at enemies. And you can also throw them like downwards to allow yourself to sort of have like a double jump. You otherwise just have a regular single jump, but this is like a way to get a little more height, maybe jump like over an enemy or over an obstacle. It's just such a fun and frantic arcade game. And again, all of these just have such amazing, this one's got more of like a 16-bit Super Nintendo aesthetic to it. Um, it's got just some really great like purple. And it just just absolutely amazing stuff across the board. And I did also play another one of theirs. I'll, this will be the last one I mentioned here, but I played another one of theirs finally that I've been meaning to play for a long time called Stargrove Scramble. And this is like a perfect example of a game because there's another game. I can't even think of what it's called. That's coming out soon. uh, Just like a regular game or whatever that looks like it's very inspired by Yoshi's Island, but more so in the art style than the gameplay. And the gameplay looks actually like more of like a speed runner, really fast and frantic. uh. Precision platformer, I guess less so precision, but definitely based around speedrunning. But like everything, feels like it's kind of borrowed from Yoshi's Island, where you're playing as a dinosaur and you're collecting these like flowers, smiley face collectibles. Like it almost feels like too much of a, I don't want to say ripoff, but it just doesn't have enough of its own identity. Where this game, Star Grove Scramble, which is yet another game that Team Bugylon made for a game jam, feels like it's definitely definitely like borrowing heavily from Yoshi's Island and even a little bit of uh super Mario brothers 2, the U S version anyways, where you're like picking up stuff and throwing it over or picking up stuff over your head and kind of throwing it at either enemies or trying to uh, solve puzzles or trigger switches or whatever. But again, you're kind of playing as a character and it has like a pixel art kind of cran aesthetic, but they're doing very much their own thing. But at the same time, you're, uh, you're still picking up eggs and chucking them around, but you're it's just done in a different way where it's like i don't know it feels more inspired somehow i don't know how exactly to explain it like it's it's a very loving homage to yoshi's island as opposed to being like oh this feels like kind of like an un uninspired like cool mechanics but like you know it's not it doesn't have enough of its own identity i don't i don't know how to put into words exactly what i'm trying to say but i think you kind of might understand what I'm trying to say. I don't know. But uh, Stargrove Scramble, just some really, really clever levels. I think I only played the first like three or four levels, but there's like I think a dozen levels uh, and there's yeah, still plenty more for me to do. There's collectibles on each stage. There's bosses, uh, boss battles at the end of each world. Like Again, it's just I'm sure they did some post-jam updates to some of these games, uh, but it's really just incredible what they're able to do. And again, for Pit Flip Paradise, at least at the time that I had played it, I don't know if they're planning on doing a post-jam update, but yeah, I, I played that well. It was kind of like active in the Game Maker's Toolkit game jam, or well, like judging was uh, active. So it was not, there was no post-jam update uh, done to the game at that time, and it still feels just incredibly polished. There's so many levels, so many creative ideas, like it's just, just absolutely mind-blowing what they're able to do. But I think I've done enough uh, rambling here. I had a few other games that I was thinking about mentioning, but I'll maybe save those for a future episode of uh, Save It For The Cast because, yeah, I've been doing a bunch of streaming lately. And, uh, yeah, I think I can uh, leave it there for this week and uh, throw it over to John and I. And uh, otherwise, we will uh, catch you next week and take care. What are you what are you leaning on like most wanting to talk about?
1: Honestly, the N sixty four stuff, like because I I was gonna talk about uh, Majora's Mask, and then uh, Kirby sixty four would be the yeah. two things that I've been doing other than Triangle Strategy, which is just I I, I like oh man, it's kind of a like which one calls it a not teaser but like just in like. I've been thinking a lot about games like just as like a medium and like yeah. th- this one in particular because like it's from Square Enix so initially originally I'm like oh I really want them to just make a new Final Fantasy Tactics and like this right, game is right absolutely not that like not even close um yeah but like I, I this and Project Project and Octopath Traveler I think are like so cleanly cohesive in terms of like a vision of what they want RPGs to be, and like okay. in a way that like I don't see a lot of like like thinking about like like what are you can fucking call it like. IPs, I guess, is the thing. I'm but like Final Fantasy or like series, like or games Dragon that, Quest or something. Right, the, yes, the big like the you know the go JRPGs or even like
0: Nino Kuni or like newer ones and stuff like that.
1: Right. So like there there aren't like a lot of I don't know new series that haven't been around like that are uh like every like. I mean, it's it's hard to do. It's hard to make a new thing that is going to be, okay, I'm just going to keep making games in this universe or in this vision. Like, that's a difficult thing for to do. Like, Horizon Zero Dawn was what? Like, the last, like, new series, I feel like? Well, I mean, unless that- you want to count, like, Elden
0: Ring as kind of its own thing or something like that, but it feels like such a kind of... But or that's or like, if you want to count yeah. like a mascot, you know, like Grapple Dog is its own like b- mascot platformer. But at the same time, it's like b- mascot platformers. You know, it's you're not doing anything new. Right, you're I'm maybe setting a new just universe, but of, but like,
1: it, major game I, like series, games that get
0: like that that much like that many resources dumped into them, whether it be financial resources, but basically get, like a triple A or, or whatever you want to call it, like level of production put yeah. into it like if they're gonna put that money up they're gonna put it usually into final fantasy or dragon quest or something because they know there's the fan base already even even if they piss off half the fan base every time you know like they know right. the game's gonna sell whereas if they do yeah the people Octopath will always Traveler, buy
1: another final fantasy no matter what
0: yeah and thank and thankfully, Square has, like, enough of a name where I feel like they can kind of, like, if they really kind of go, hey, we're going all in on kind of an old school 16-bit, 32-bit RPG, JRPG, like, they, they'll they get the fans' attention, for sure, the people who are into those games. So they do have a little bit of that luxury to to do that, but like you said, yeah, you, you hardly ever see it with, like... And you are these games related at all? Like, is there any connection other than they, they look visually similar? So that's my but then you see like Live Alive coming out. And that kind of has a similar look that they're using in these games, I feel, at least from the pseudo 3D pixel art yeah.
1: perspective. They look similar and they have the same similar like, I don't know, like level of magic and like technology like they feel like they're contemporary. Yeah the thing that like really strikes me about triangle strategy is that it is so ambitious in its story and not in a way that like every other game would be. It's like nothing in this game is groundbreaking or like original or new, but like it is just like the level of quality in it is just so un. I'm not used to it at all. And I've played a lot of games. I have played a lot of JRPGs. I've played a lot of like story heavy games and like this setting and this level of care and detail put into it and not just being like, like I've played a lot of really complicated and like, th- I don't, I, I don't know what's another word for complicated convoluted like just I was, gonna, I was gonna say complex but it's basically the same word right but like i've played so many jrpgs where it's like okay there's just so many characters and there's so many like like things like oh like everything is like like uh there's a deeper web that behind like this yeah, thing a lot you of layers yeah or like here's a twist that you never saw coming but like this is the first time that like I feel that I'm playing a JRPG where it's just, like, so, I mean, the the nature of it is kind of a choose-your-own-adventure in that, but, like, it is so, like, all of the resources went towards making this story and making it, like, a, like, series of events that are all equally weighted So it's like, oh, if you make this decision, these are the branches that will happen. If you make this decision, these are the branches which will happen. And they put, like, just as much care into every single branch. So, like, no no path that you take feels like, oh, I took the wrong one. It's like, no, this is, like, exactly what would happen if I made those choices at that time. And it's, like, really unbelievable. And, like, a thing that I'm definitely going to bring up when we talk about it, lot like, Nah no, in, in the a thing that I think is kind of the strength, a unique thing that only that allows it to do this is that you play as like, so there's these there' these three kingdoms, and they all are like equal in power or whatever, and then the game starts when like basically the balance is disrupted, and your kingdom, that you are a minor house of falls and you are like so powerless like everything every other kingdom every other house is so much stronger than you and like it is just you trying to like all right what who do i have to ally myself with at this exact moment in order to survive and like there's a ton of just like failure in it but like Baked into the story failure where it's like, God, I've never really seen like a story where I'm like just squirming under like the heel of someone like trying to make my way like and like still like making meaningful decisions and changing the story. But like, fuck, I'm not winning anytime soon. It's like if I do eventually come out on top, it's going to be after a lot of shit happens. Because I, I, it's just not in the story right now. It's like I was gonna everybody... say, just because
0: of the story, or because of your actions
1: during the story, or both. Both, like it, it's just like every like, cause like you. One of the main things is that as you are like going in between the different kingdoms, like they're all like have different houses with different interests, so like they're not unified in their either alliance or opposition to you so then there's tons of machinations of like who are you allying yourself with in this kingdom versus like okay now how do you like meet their needs in order to like go for it's like i was not prepared for this game at all i was expecting a final fantasy tactics where it's like all right i'm gonna do like 500 random battles and like maybe like ten of them will advance the plot, whereas this is like right right. You are just doing reconnaissance and like talking to people and watching cutscenes and figuring out what way. It's it's more of like an adventure game, honestly, than like that is punctuated with really difficult t- tactics battles interesting interesting because i usually like i I mean you know how i am
0: with narratives and stuff so like i usually tend to prefer the the opposite approach of where it's like a mechanic heavy with like little flourishes of like you you know if that i don't even need that but if you're gonna put something little flourishes that kind of accent or make the the game you're playing like a little bit more meaningful or get make you a little more invested because of the story or whatever but Um,
1: it's everything in it is like that and that it's kind of like a visual novel in that kind of way. But like it, okay, this is that's interesting. like every choice you make, like really changes the course of the story. And I think that it uh, is, and when just, you say choices, are you just talking like choices, like
0: yeah. like dialogue choices during the cutscenes or whatever are you talking like choices, like gate
1: gameplay wise and stuff like, Oh, I'm going to let this character die fire emblem style. So, like, that's even the thing. Like, there, it, th- there's no permadeath, at least in normal difficulty, which is what I'm playing it on. Okay. Um, but there... So there are three, uh, which one calls it, convictions that you have. One of them is okay. morality. One of them is utility. And one of them is liberty. Okay. And... Everything that you do strengthens your convictions in one of those areas, and that includes items like, "Oh, did you? Uh, are you playing this battle? Are you going into battles under leveled? That will strengthen your convictions in one of the ways. Are you going in over leveled? That will strengthen it in another way. Are you clearing?" Every map of every enemy that strengthens your convictions in one way. Are you going and talking to every person that strengthens? So like a way that you get to choose, like after the battle, or or it's just because you did this,
0: it boosts or it changes this statistic or whatever. Both. So there are stuff that you oh, are geez. actively
1: doing, and there are stuff that like just does it as the way that you play. So like, like the way you- that fa- the way that Fable was supposed to be. Right. And like yeah. But because of that, like, so like the there's and then you are presented with like inflection points where you are ba- where there are like branches of the main path where it's like, OK, I have to vote. And I you have seven voting members of your house and okay. you are presented with an issue like, oh, I like here's a plan who supports this plan, who supports this plan. And then you have to talk to them Figure and like it shows where you know how many people are voting for X, how many people are voting for Y, how many people are undecided, and then based on whether you like went and talked to enough people in your like in between areas and like discovered enough like thing extra topics or things that would sway like knowledge, bits of info that would sway them in that voting process, like then you like. Try to target the people that are voting against the way that you want to go narratively, and then you try to convince them otherwise. And sometimes you aren't, you don't have the convictions to convince them of that. And sometimes everybody like votes against what you want, and it's like, fuck. All right, I guess we were doing that plan then. And yeah, it like and like the the, the thing is like it never feels like. Uh, I mean, like when you are trying to convince them, you're given options and they're like, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, well like here's what I think. And then I was like, okay, but I, I know that's not going to convince this character of that. That's not how they feel. And it's right, like, right. I didn't uh, like, oh, I didn't either have that. I didn't look into that or I didn't have like a strong enough conviction to like get them to like, join my side but then other times it's like oh well i don't need their vote like i can do enough of everyone else so it's like there's so much to this game like so like is it like does it
0: almost have because like again like you were saying like final fantasy tactics like and not that we need to dig into every element of this game right now but like Like to Final Fantasy tactics, like you were saying, like, oh, I'm just going to do a bunch of random battles or whatever and get through this storyline or progression. But it almost sounds like there's like and I'm not super familiar with XCOM, but it almost sounds like there's like, you know how there's like obviously there's the turn based like tactic grid battles in XCOM. But then there's like the other layer of the game where you're like kind of like building up your military or you know you're doing like research and upgrading your tech and gear like so it yep. almost sounds like there's like
1: that layer of this game yeah as well but in like a political realm or like and know, there's whatever whatever also is just the place. regular like equipping and upgrading the like skill trees of every character that you recruit like you like and in standard jrpg fashion or whatever right and you could totally like you can skip everything if you don't want to like do any of the story and just like Go with like it was like all right, I'll vote the way that I like get and like the whoever's decided on that or'll like decide the like other way like you you can just like not do any go through of, the motions right, but then like it'll still tell you a story based on like, all right, this is what but like it's ah, it's just such an interesting game that like I've really not played anything like it, yeah, it sounds very intricate for sure, yeah, like
0: yeah. Very cool. I'm I'm curious to dig into that one some more, especially with Randall. Like he's got a little bit more of like a JRPG yeah interest slash background. So I feel like like we can maybe dig into some deeper stuff with that, or he might have some other things to like compare it to. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, I'm definitely down for like we could even just keep it kind of like maybe we could touch. We don't even need to, but we could touch a little on Apex Legends or uh or not. And then we could just do the 64 stuff and I could talk a little Yoshi's Crafted World because I honestly wouldn't mind talking. that I like I feel like it'll probably be a while till Randall gets to it. I know he was like, "Ooh, you're playing that. But I feel yeah. like it's not like we're going to sync up next episode or something. So right. and uh so, yeah, I feel like I could talk about that, especially since it pairs up pretty nicely after uh, or with the N64 stuff, especially because yeah. I ended up going into that because of my Kirby experience, which I'll get into on the podcast. Yeah. Not not the Kirby 64 experience, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, just go... Let's do that. Do we do we do Apex, or do we save it for another time? yeah save it for another
1: time. I feel like we'll play it again.
0: Yeah, I really... want. I actually... I will say it sincerely, I really want to play that again. I had a really good time playing that. Like, it just has a fluid that one of you guys brought up Titanfall. I think it was Mikey during it, and it definitely has like that same kind of movement. Other than it doesn't have the wall jumping, but
1: yeah,
0: Ugh, that wall jumping feels good. I know, man. How's your neck feeling, man? Bad. <laughs> Ugh, dude. Thanks for thanks for sitting this toughing this out, man. It's fine, man. Like,
1: is it? it- like, Do you have any idea what caused it at all? No, I mean it's better today. It is so much better today than it was like at the beginning of the week. But like, yeah, it's just such a fucking stupid thing that like, oh yeah, my body's just gonna hurt this week. Like, just yeah. And there's the not body much sucks, man. Yep, the body sucks sometimes. But I will tell you what did help me a ton was taking a lot of an edible as opposed to like. Like I think I took like twice as much as I normally do. And like, I don't know, like, I don't know if you get like the body high a lot, but like the way that like my muscles just kind of like release. And like, so all the tension that was in my neck, like, was just like, nope, you're gone. And that was, it, it was a relief I had not felt all week. And I was like, hello, thank God. And it's kind
0: of crazy, like like sometimes when people are all like, "Oh, it's medicine, man, it's medicine." I'm kind of like, "Yeah, whatever." Like, but it, but it kind of is. It really for can very be.
1: specific things. <laughs> yeah, like if you're,
0: yeah, like it's definitely not the most. Of the people that say it are just saying it to, oh yeah, excuse their habit or whatever. But like, it's it definitely can be used medicinally to help oh, yeah. your situation I know we used to try to get my grandma with her arthritis and stuff between yeah. her arthritis and her cataracts we were like you should consider it like you are you already smoked your whole life cigarettes you know it's like what it's not no. like this is like off-putting to you do really do fun you know. one <laughs> exactly exactly but I think she was you know she just didn't want to mess with it and maybe maybe she wouldn't have liked it who
1: knows but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'll probably take an edible after we're done here and just yeah zonk out hopefully hopefully it helps
0: yeah yeah i've been watching this old uh this old show uh on i've they don't have all the episodes but they just have some of them on youtube uh called ancient mysteries with uh leonard nimoy hosting oh
1: yeah yeah
0: it's like uh it was like an old i think it's on like technically history owns it now but it's like an old a and e show i think but Mm -hmm. it's pretty good it's not it's not bad it's like some of them are, like, less interesting. Like, when they're like, was Dracula real? I'm kind oh of like, Yeah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but like, like, but the people really did eat blood. And I'm like, okay, some of these are a little far-fetched. But then some of them are, like, where they talk about, like, the Ark of the Covenant or something. Where they, like, kind of just go into the history of, like, the Knights of the Templar chasing it down. It's like, at least it's interesting from, like, the historical like whether this is real or whatever it's like it's just kind of intriguing of like man did all this shit kind of happen in some way even if it's not like it is in the bible or like it is in whatever text that they find out about it in but
1: i mean that's definitely interesting that's what you were saying there's mirrors in all across cultures like like, yeah there's a theme in a lot of the the theater at least mythology
0: yeah Okay, I was going to say it's so hot, but yeah, it's been torture lately. Yeah. And I mean, I don't mean that like torture, like torturous. I just mean like a, a torture, mm-hmm. break out the flamethrower. But yeah, I've been sweltering even today. I did the the Kirby stream today. I was like, well, yeah. I was like, I'm probably not going to end up doing like uh, anything like with this. I'm not going to like upload it to YouTube or anything after mm-hmm. the fact. So I was like, I'm leaving the windows open, the fan on. And actually playing it back and like watching the video, I was like, it, it definitely wouldn't work for a podcast, but, like, with the music of the game going, it's like, oh, man, you wouldn't even be able to tell that anything was happening in the background, so. Nice. Not bad, not bad. It's a not fun little yet. short stream. It didn't last quite as long because I kept hitting that bug, but um, we'll get
1: into that. Yeah, it's so fucking weird, man. So random, yeah. So do you, how do you want to, do you want to do, like, an N64 as, like, the save it for the cast discussion and then do, uh like larger thing on like project or triangle. I always keep calling it project because it's doesn't have project in the name. Oh, it's they try. They
0: did take that out of the name. I thought that yeah, they uh,
1: just triangle strategy. Okay. Yeah. I thought that they left that in there actually. Cause I've got a, a fucking ton to talk about on triangle strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wasn't
0: sure if you were like wanting to save anything for when Randall was going to be around or <clears throat> anything like that. So I'm
1: happy to split it up however we want. Um, cause yeah, I mean, I've I got, could theor- I could mean, theoretically, if we want to have that as like a larger discussion, cause I think that like might be, I, cause I, it would just be about like kind of the nature. I feel like, yeah, maybe a discussion would be better for that in that
0: case. Either, either way is fine. I just wasn't like, I wasn't like going in one or I wasn't going in any particular direction in my mind before recording. Cause I was like, ah, I don't, I have no idea what John and I are going to dig into. Uh, cause yeah, yeah that that episode that randall and i did as a duo uh recently it, we, we kind of almost winged it we're like eh, let's just talk about some genesis games i guess yeah and I've, talk about i listened whatever,
1: to and, that recently it was a that was a good episode i was like it was yeah, up a we, bunch of games that like i had never because I, I also didn't have a genesis so i was like what the fuck is musha uh,
0: yeah randall's knowledge on the genesis stuff is just ridiculous and you know, just a retro in general i've kind of I had it for a while, but I just haven't stayed on top of it. Like I haven't my collecting isn't, you know, in full form (laughs) or anything. So I just yeah, haven't been as on top of it. But I mean, yeah, I've got Yoshi's Crafted World. We got Apex Legends if we wanted to talk about that, too.